0: Let us be attentive.
1: Titus, my son, the saying is sure. I desire you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to men, but avoid stupid controversy genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. As for a man who is factious, after admi- admonishing him once or twice, knowing what such a person is perverted or unseemful, he is self-condemned when I send art in my sort. you, Do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds, so as to help cases of urgent need, and not to be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you, greet these those who love us in the face. Grace be with you all.
0: So some fell on the path and was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for the others they are in parables, so that seeing they may see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the one along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, that they may not believe or be saved. And the one on the rock are those who, when they hear, the word receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear the heart as they go on their way. They are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for that in the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. As he said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear,
1: let him hear. Glory to you.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The wisdom of God is contained in parables, but not all who hear these parables always understand their spiritual meaning. Bishop Nikolai Velomirovich said, A non-spiritual, sensual person feeds on the green leaves of many parables, yet remains hungry and restless from his hunger. A spiritual man, however... Seeks the kernel within these parables and feeding on it becomes satisfied and filled with peace. It's not enough to simply hear what is said, we also need to understand and we need to apply it. It must become life for us and it must come to life through us and to the world around us. For the longest time, the apostles of our Lord heard and bore witness to many things both that Jesus had said and things that He had done, that they didn't always fully understand. At one point after the resurrection, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, we read that Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. Understanding for us is imperative, which is why Jesus often spoke using parables, simple stories to illustrate spiritual realities. Our Lord used common everyday life events to teach people the mysteries of the Kingdom of Heaven. A barren fig tree, a mustard seed, a rich fool, labors in a vineyard, or as we read in today's passage, that of a sower. People could relate to these stories because they were part of their everyday life. And for some, these parables were enough to understand what our Lord was saying in relation to salvation. But at other times, they didn't quite get the spiritual meaning of the parable. And the parable of the sower was one of those times. In fact, this is one parable of few that the Lord actually goes on to explain. Our Lord said to His disciples, To you it has been granted to know the things of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, that is, those who are also followers, it has not been granted. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they still don't see, and while hearing, they still don't understand. So in this particular parable, to help them understand, he uses the image of a sower. An image that was very familiar to the people. And within this parable, Jesus spoke about different types of soil. He talked about hard soil, rocky soil, soil where there were weeds that existed, and also the rich and fertile soil. And taking then what was familiar to the people, he wanted to teach them about the kingdom of heaven, his kingdom. But hearing they did not understand, so he explained the parable. When anyone hears the word of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. There's excitement. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporarily... And when afflictions or persecutions arise because of the world, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth Some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty-fold. So hearing this explanation, I wonder what the people were thinking. I also wonder what you think as you hear these different types of soil. I thought about it, and I was asking myself the question, you know, which soil does my soil represent? Which soil best describes my life to this point? And I thought to myself, have the birds of the air the demons come along and snatched up the Word of God each time after I have read the Word of God or heard it? Did I have a lot of excitement at one point in time, early on maybe, about this faith? Faith in Christ and the love of our Lord. But then it began to sort of fade. After reading the Word of God or hearing it, do I forget it? If I don't remember it or I don't think about it throughout the day, then how can I possibly apply it to my life? How do I know if the Word of God has taken root in me? When I feel persecuted or suffer affliction in some way, do I cling to the Word of God and have it on my lips reciting psalms or passages in Scripture to strengthen me? Or do I allow myself to dwell on the injustice or stew over the matter with bitterness and worry? Do I go into my heart and find the Word there? Do I seek consolation from it? Or do I turn to something else? How do I think or know that the Word of God is really sprouting or beginning to grow within me and to bear any fruit at all? When the waves of life rise up and the tempest of temptations come, do I imitate Peter? Who when he took his eyes off of Christ, he began to immediately sink into the sea. Do the cares and worries of this life choke out the Word of God in me? So as we sit here today, these are questions I think should cross all of our minds. It's important to ponder on these things and to evaluate really where we are and what condition the soil of our soul is in. Our loving Lord wants to see us grow. He wants to see the seed that He planted in us to bear fruit, to mature. So let me say this. No matter how you would answer the questions that I pose to myself, And these are questions that we should all pose to ourselves. No matter how you may answer those questions, know that you have an opportunity for a new beginning. We can't just look back and say, wow, how many years have I blown in terms of my faith? Have I really dedicated my life as I should? Or have I squandered a lot of time? It's good to reflect on the past when we're preparing for confession or to learn from our mistakes, but it's not really good to dwell on the past when we're trying to grow and to move forward. We all have this opportunity to receive the Word of God, both in writing, through Scripture, and also tangibly through the Eucharist, receiving the Body and Blood of Christ. We have the opportunity to meet God daily as we stand quietly in prayer, even if it's just for a few moments. We have the opportunity to read and reflect on a small morsel of wisdom each day by just dipping into the few words of one of the fathers of the church. We have the opportunity to show mercy and kindness and love to others, and it only takes a second. We have the opportunity to experience the deep mercy, compassion, and love of God through this beautiful mystery called Confession. We have so many opportunities to till the soil of our soul, to prepare it to receive the seed that Christ sows for our salvation, and to have the seed nurtured day after day. But let me also say that this doesn't happen automatically. We have to go into the garden of our heart and begin removing the rocks and the weeds that are there. For sure, there's going to be obstacles. And the most common are anxiety, worry, love for material things, and the desire for pleasure, in whatever form it may take. We need to remove anything that prohibits the seed from taking root and maturing. The pursuit of riches and pleasure, as well as worry, takes up an inordinate amount of time in our lives. Time which is wasted. Time that could be used to clear away some of the obstacles and to cultivate the soil of our soul. This has to be a thoughtful process, and our will truly has to be engaged. In this way God will act and give increase to the seed that he has sown. But he wants to see that we care enough to take care of the garden. St. Paul says it best in his first letter to the Corinthians, I planted, Apollos watered, but God causes the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his labor. God gives the growth. So to belong us belongs the labor, and to God belongs the growth. To us belong the desire and the will and the activity. To God belongs the bestowing of grace. And remember that what we do here, and what I'm saying, and what we're reading in Scripture... It is never just for us. It is for our children. It is for our co-workers. It is for our neighbors. It is for our extended family. We never live a Christian life in isolation. It is always communal in every aspect. So the time we dedicate or don't dedicate to cultivating the seed that is sown in us by Christ so that it matures... Not only impacts us, but we waste the opportunity to truly bring something good, which is Christ, to the lives of others. It's a very selfish thing to ignore this great gift that Christ has given us, the seed that he has sown. So it truly is up to us to go inward and to start removing those things. And they can sometimes, those things sometimes can seem very good and okay by many standards. But they still become obstacles to truly growing. May we all take this time, really, to examine our soul and to look closely at the condition of the soil and identify whatever the obstacles are and begin clearing them away and start watering and fertilizing the soil so that we may bear fruit for the glory of God and for the salvation of others. Amen.